RTHK News. It's one o'clock on Ben Che, the headlines. The chief secretary says civil servants are free to protest as long as they do it on their own time. The chairwoman of the Hong Kong Confederation of Trade Unions says next Monday's general strike will be bigger than the previous one in June. And eight people have been detained after police seized bags full of weapons from an industrial building in Fulton. The Chief Secretary Matthew Zhang says government staff are free to protest as long as it's in a personal capacity and on their own time. He was referring to a planned protest by civil servants this evening. But he says that as civil servants, they shouldn't do anything that goes against the government's stance. And Mr. Zhang confirmed that he's seeking treatment for a small cyst that was found in his nose during a reg- regular medical checkup yesterday. Speaking at Queen Mary Hospital this morning, Mr. Zhang said his work has not been affected in any way. He says the condition is not serious and the treatment he's undergoing is to prevent it from worsening. A former assistant director of social welfare says the failure of Carrie Lam's government to explain to civil servants its thinking on either its extradition bill or how it plans to deal with the crisis it's created has prompted them to take action that would previously have been unthinkable. Rachel Cartland says government servants are well aware that they should normally act in a politically neutral fashion, as they were warned about yesterday. But she says the administration needs to ask itself why it is that civil servants have gotten to the point where they're organizing their own protests over the handling of the current crisis and threatening to join Monday's planned general strike as well. One would sort of expect that there would have been a big effort to explain to civil servants to have really good dialogue with them so that they didn't feel this need to take this move. I mean, put in a wider context, I'm afraid we can see that altogether the government's what you might call PR efforts seem to be not up to standard. They haven't convinced the public from the beginning. And I'm afraid that now there's no sense of dialogue or communication with anybody, including internally. The chairwoman of the Hong Kong Confederation of Trade Unions says the general strike next Monday will be on a larger scale than the previous one on the 17th of June. Carol Ng said civil servants should be able to enjoy freedom of assembly like normal people after work. She called for more workers and employers to join the strike, and she warned those not taking part there'll be a certain degree of disruption. I think it is reasonable for us to escalate to become a strike because we've been waiting, accumulating a lot of unanswered questions for too long. So um, I just need to uh, remind everyone, if you choose to work on Monday, uh, it could be facing uh, certain kinds of inconvenience on your travel journey. The Health Secretary, Sophia Chan, says she's confident that medical staff will give priority to serving Hong Kong people and urge them to stay united during this difficult time. She was referring to a planned anti-extradition bill rally organized by medical staff at Edinburgh Place tonight. She said she hoped people would express their views in a peaceful and rational manner. The convener of the banned Hong Kong National Party has been detained along with seven other people in a police raid at an industrial building in Fort Han. The force said it also seized Molotov cocktails and other weapons in the operation. But news of the arrest set off more unrest as crowds gathered outside police stations in the Shotton area, as Mike Weeks reports. 
The drama began sometime after 10 o'clock when police carrying shields and wearing protective gear entered an industrial building in Fortan. Officers were seen removing large amounts of materials and bags from a unit in the Harry Best industrial building. Police later announced that this included petrol bombs, bows and arrows, as well as a small amount of cannabis oil. Seven men and one woman were arrested, including Chan Ho Tin, the convener of the now-banned Hong Kong National Party, on suspicion of possessing offensive weapons. But around midnight, a crowd of people appeared outside Shatin police station in the belief that those arrested were being held there. They built barricades to block exits from the building before it emerged that Mr Chan and the other four town suspects had been taken to Maan Shan. At about 2am, crowds of protesters began to besiege the police station there. A lawyer entered the building, saying he'd been given permission to speak to the eight suspects. People built barricades and sprayed the Maan Shan station with graffiti before eventually dispersing about an hour later when police fans carrying officers in riot gear arrived. There were no injuries and no further arrests. An organizer of an anti-government protest in Mong Kok that's scheduled for tomorrow says he's not optimistic that their appeal against the police decision to ban their march will be successful. Mwing Tak says it's because the police will be taking into account other recent protests in reaching its final decision. More from Todd Harding. Yesterday, the police issued a letter of objection banning the protest march, but they approved an assembly at the Anchor Street playground in Mong Kok. Mr Ng says that if their appeal is rejected, they will gather at the playground instead. A decision on the appeal will be reached this evening. When asked what he'd do if some protesters decide to leave the assembly and hold a march themselves, Mr Ng didn't respond directly. He only said he would support those who want to go to Mong Kok to eat, shop or watch movies. Pro-Beijing lawmaker Junius Ho has denied attempting to threaten pro-democracy lawmaker Chu Hoi Dick. Mr Ho had earlier accused Mr Chu of organizing the desecration of his parents' tombstones and demanded an apology. He also warned the Land Justice League legislator that he could choose one of two paths, one where he stays alive and the other where he doesn't. Speaking to reporters, Mr Ho said he was only trying to explain to Mr Chu the meaning of the two paths and that whoever carried out illegal acts such as desecrating his parents' tombstones or damaging his Chinwan office should stop or they'll have to face legal consequences. Mr Ho stressed that he himself is also a victim. Beijing appears to have been taken by surprise by President Trump's announcement of a new round of trade tariffs. State media had only been reporting Mr. Trump's earlier positive comments when he expressed the view that trade talks had been constructive. The BBC's Chris Buckler reports from Washington. Donald Trump said America's era of economic surrender was over and that the country would not be pushed around anymore. There are already tariffs of 25% on $250 billion of Chinese goods. And the U.S. president says from next month he will impose a 10% levy on an additional $300 billion of imports. At the rally in Cincinnati, Mr. Trump said the U.S. would be taxing the hell out of China. But although his actions are likely to have an impact on the Chinese economy, importers pay the tariffs. And many American retailers are warning that it's likely that they'll have to pass those costs on to their customers. 
The United States is formally withdrawing later today from a treaty banning intermediate-range nuclear missiles, prompting fears of a new arms race. The U.S. has accused Russia of breaching the terms of the 30-year-old Intermediate-Range Nuclear Forces Treaty, the INF, by developing a new short-range missile. Here's the BBC's James Landale. The US and NATO say Russia has breached the terms of the INF Treaty for some years by deploying a new type of cruise missile, something Moscow denies. In February, President Trump said the US would withdraw from the treaty today unless Moscow came back into compliance. Russia has instead suspended its obligations to the agreement. The collapse of the treaty has raised fears of a new arms race between the US, Russia and China. It also marks the end of yet another part of the international rules-based order. Meanwhile, South Korea has confirmed Pentagon reports that North Korea has engaged in a new missile launch, the third such action within a week. President Trump said he was not too concerned. The BBC's Laura Bicker reports from Seoul. The president said that it was very standard, that these were short-range missiles, that they have no agreement on that. It does seem that when Kim Jong-un and Donald Trump met, they only agreed, and certainly Kim Jong-un seems to have only pledged not to uh, test fire intercontinental ballistic missiles, long-range missiles and nuclear weapons. So it does seem that Washington is attempting to brush off these short-range missile tests. The Indian Parliament has passed a controversial bill ushering in sweeping changes to the country's healthcare system. One of the most contentious measures is a plan to license 350,000 community health providers to practice medicine. Doctors say this amounts to legalizing quacks. The new bill is designed to develop and regulate all aspects of medicine in India, including education and institutions. Saudi Arabia has announced a new law that will allow women to travel abroad without a male guardian's permission, ending a restriction that has long been a symbol of the kingdom's ultra-conservative religious rule. The BBC's David Bamford has this report. The new law was published in the Saudi official gazette at midnight local time. It says that Saudi women over the age of 21 will be able to apply for a passport and travel outside the country. The change would put them on an equal footing with men. They will also be able to register births and deaths, a right previously restricted to men. The development comes at a time of increased international scrutiny of women's status in Saudi Arabia. In recent months, several young women have fled the country and made public pleas for help in seeking asylum from their family and the government. Health workers have confirmed a fourth case of Ebola in the city of Goma in the east of the Democratic Republic of Congo. The latest infection was announced by the World Health Organization, a year to the day since the start of an outbreak, which has killed more than 1,800 people. A spokeswoman, Margaret Harris, said vaccines were now widely accepted, but more had to be done to stop infected people from going into hiding. What we do struggle with is acceptance of being identified as a high-risk contact. So yes, we find all the contacts we think we know of, but there are people who hide their illness, who flee, who go to another place, who think that being taken to the Ebola treatment centre is like being taken to the death house. In finance, a short time ago, the Hang Seng Index was at 26,923. That's 645 points down on the previous close. Turnover stands at $64 billion. And in currencies, the U.S. dollar is trading at 107.02 yen. The euro is standing at 1 U.S. dollar and 10 cents. And the pound is worth 9 Hong Kong dollars and 46 cents. And now with the sports, here's Joanne Wong.
Starting with cricket, the first day of the first Ashes Test could hardly have been more dramatic. Australia won the toss and elected to bat, but were soon regretting that decision as they slumped to 122 for eight. However, former Aussie captain Steve Smith, playing his first Test since his ban for ball tampering, turned the game around with a spectacular 144 to help his side reach 284. England were 10 without loss at the close of play, and here Smith speaking after securing his 24th Test century. I kind of just got the shakes a little bit, and um, all the I guess hairs on the back of my neck sort of stood up. It was um, it was kind of one of those moments.、Um, you know, I've worked really hard the last sort of 18 months, and、um, yeah, to come back and and sort of maybe prove a few people wrong as well. Stuart Broad was the pick of England's bowlers, claiming five wickets for just 86 runs. And after his side had Australia reeling at 122 for eight, he admitted their eventual total had left the team feeling a bit frustrated. We got a bat past Australia. I think that's、uh, the, the first thing that will be on our minds. But yeah, I mean, it could have been a lot better today. But in Ashes series, you always expect counter punches and fight backs, and Australia threw that at us after tea. And I'd expect that throughout the whole series, and that's what makes Ashes cricket so special. To football and Arsenal have confirmed the signing of Lille winger Nicolas Pepe. The London side paid a reported club record fee of 72 million pounds for Pepe. So what can Gunners fans expect from the Ivory Coast international? The BBC's Daniel Ornstein has this assessment. He is a very good player. He's quick. He's got、uh, lots of tricks and skills.、Uh, he can score goals. He scored 22 for Lille last season. He also set up 12. Only、uh, Lionel Messi in Europe's top five leagues had as m- many.、Uh, Goals and assists. So Arsenal fans are extremely excited about this. A judge in Portugal has ruled that the former president of Sporting Lisbon, one of the country's biggest football clubs, will face trial for allegedly ordering a violent attack on his own players at the club's training ground. The accusations relate to an incident in May last year when around 50 self-styled Sporting fans wearing hoodies burst into the ground's dressing room and beat up several players and coaches. Police detained and charged 44 of those involved in the assaults, including then club president Bruno de Carvalho. To swimming, where the sports governing body FINA has played down concerns that athletes' protests over doping will happen at next year's Tokyo Olympic Games. At last month's World Championships, two swimmers were warned after refusing to share the podium with China's Sun Yang. Sun received a three-month ban after testing positive for a banned substance in 2014, and he's facing renewed allegations. Cornel Marculescu is FINA's executive director. 2020 Olympics is another story. Not like a world championships. World championships. I think we have a fantastic venues, fantastic attendance. Swimmer were very happy, and the incident happened. Is not something we have some experience in the in the past, but for sure will not going to happen anymore in the future. And that's your look at sport. And to end the news, the top stories again. The chief secretary says civil servants are free to protest as long as they do it in their own time. The chairwoman of the Hong Kong Confederation of Trade Unions says next Monday's general strike will be bigger than the previous one in June, and eight people have been detained after police seized bags full of weapons from an industrial building in Fortan. The news from RTHK.
Would be a man. 